with Alan Moore. A very warm welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Capital Sports here on Moscow's Capital FM. I hope you're all ready for a rocking show because, of course, we will have to speak with Manchester United. That is just a pure fact. In a moment, we're going to speak with Andrew Flint, Ard Eagle Eagle, Easel Cody, and, of course, Peter P. We're going to discuss the Russian Premier League, English Premier League, the return of European football, last chance saloon for our Moscow clubs, and, of course... Ennis versus LeBron. Yeah, that's a, that's been a very taste in the last little while. Uh, in part two, we're going to have a very quick chat with Karen Jijwani, uh, the author, about the possibility of a certain Ajax coach coming to maybe be the interim coach in Manchester for a little while, or maybe in next summer he'll be there full time. Um, and then we're going to go and be Mancunian. We're going to be basically, well, who, well let's just say, we're going to go all Oasis because we're going to have Andrew Flint back on and... Danny Armstrong, the RT correspondent. Okay. And then, of course, in part three, we have the Big Fat Filthy Quiz, and we have a massive giveaway. We have two tickets to Thursday night's big showdown between Lokomotiv Moscow and Lazio from Rome. Yes, of course, the club who like to do the uh, salutes. I almost did a salute here in the studio, so I'll be very careful because I'm on camera. Uh, plus 795-111053. Hashtag go loco. That is not the Spanish for go crazy. That is just go loco, as in go Lokomotiv, okay? Um, strange moment with Lokomotiv last night, but I will uh, I'll discuss that with Andrew Flint in just a moment before we get those guys onto the line with us. Of course, Zenit on Friday day won 5-1 against Novgorod. No surprise there. Oral, big surprise. They drew 1-1 away in Samara. Loco went down 2-1 last night on a bitterly cold evening. They were down to 10 men and went down 2-1 to Ahmad Grozny in a game that really was, I'd say, marred by the officials in a way, but it was terrible. But Fear not, Moscow fans. It got worse. Krasnodar 2, Spartak 1. Yeah, that's a terrible one. And of course, there was a nil-all draw today in the Moscow Derby. Siska, Himki, nil-nil. Yeah, Moscow all Derby. And of course, Dinamo, they are flying up in second place. 5-1 winners against Arsenal Tula. And of course, Sochi went down 2-1 to a resurgent Rubin Kazan. As it stands, Dinamo in second place, 29 points are four off Zenit. Sochi, surprisingly, they are in third still. Loco in fourth, even after that loss. Krasnodar open to fifth. Siska are in sixth and might be losing a bit of momentum. Um, Spartak down into 10th position. That is, yeah, they dropped down uh, two places since last week. Um, 19 points. So they're out of the title race, of course, and they are possibly out of the European race as well. Himki, they're hanging on in there. They're in 15th place on 13 points. Of course, today, today there were matches Tottenham got their first, or got a win under Antonio Conte 2-1. Man City were absolutely Dominant to watch that match against Everton 3 0. Lewis Hamilton, he won the Qatar Grand Prix, so he is in the lead for the, uh, or he's, sorry, he's closing up now in Verstappen for the uh, overall driver's lead. And uh, Real Madrid, just so people know, 4 0. They're back top of La Liga. They beat Granada 4 0. Granada, a city that I never got to visit, despite three attempts. There you go. Okay, uh, Andrew Flint, um, let's just straight away talk about Loco last night. A miserable evening, it was very, very cold. And they really did not play as well as they should have. Uh, but look that they were resting players for uh, Thursday night. Uh, well, yeah, it was a, uh, a dire result. Um, I mean, Gisdol is... We, we said originally when Gisdol was appointed, is it really the most inspiring appointment? Um, and he just still hasn't quite gotten to click yet. Um, I mean, it was a great free kick from Daniel Utkin, but... I think, in my opinion, it shouldn't have been a free kick in the first place. Um, 
you know, and after the game, when you see Guillermo going up to the fans, just, I mean, credit to him, he faced them and he said, look, we've got a lot of problems, the, a lot of young guys, a lot of suspensions and yellow cards, but it's excuses, really. Um, and, uh, it, well, it's a terrible, terrible result. Akramath are dreadful on the road, so to lose to them was very, very damaging. Um, for Loco so I'm not sure about Thursday to be honest for them yeah it, it's, it's, it's be, I think it's going to be a lot worse um, not, not not sort of like downing people who, who have already um, like sent in their messages to try and win tickets it will be a good game but I think it might be a good one but then again you never know the Russian winter didn't suit the Italians yeah. Uh, okay, sorry, that's, <laughs> let's not talk about the war. Okay, um, <clears throat> uh, Spartak losing 2-1. I mean, that, that's, that was, for me, it was endemic of everything that's wrong with Spartak. I thought that they, they played okay. Andrew, now that's just me, but I mean, you know, at half time, I thought, okay. And then, of course, then they have the ex-local guy punish them on the arrow mark. 2-1, they go down. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't see what, what, what's in the future for Spartak. I think he'll be getting a new manager. Maybe Oli comes to, to Moscow. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a step up or a step down? Um, sideways. Yeah, sideways. I, I, <laughs> I mean, Rui Vittoria has just been pretty much a disaster from the word go. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the players came out and said something along the lines of, of what David De Gea said about Sasha and we don't know where it's possible or what to do because that's how we look half the time although let's be fair like you say it wasn't it didn't look the end of the world because they they had a decent number of possession passes shots you know Sombolev is a nuisance to defend against um, you know and he, he got his penalty he earned that um, but you, he still never felt like Spartak believed they could get anything out of the game even when he won 1-1 away to Krasnodar who scored a lot of goals that was that was looking good, but yeah. they just looked fragile. I agree. Look, in everything, I mean, they 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 had a little slightly even possession. They'd taken as many shots on goal and even on target as Spartak. Yeah. Um, okay, it, it was a tough enough game as well, and and I, and I just didn't know. I, I really, I, I kind of despaired in the end, and I just thought some of the choices as well that they were making were just very, very bad. I, I don't know. Okay, uh, very quickly on... Uh, okay, we'll just run over Zenit, nil-nil with Himki. That was just a, a terrible match in okay conditions. Moscow was not hit with the snowfall that we were expecting, but um, this guy we know, they're, they're very hot and cold, aren't they? Yeah, well, yes. I mean, um, the, the headline was written for us. Bruno Fuchs, he comes along and he gets sent off in his first start having signed for the club over a year ago. Um, I mean, look, when you go down to 10 men, of course it affects the play, but when even if, even 10 men, you're at home against Himke, you were absolutely terrible. Himke had 17 shots and Tiska had one on target out of five. They, yeah, OK, it's tougher with 10 men, but my God, that was depressing. That really wasn't good. Yeah, I know. Okay, um, Dinamo five, Arsenal one. That's that's a dominant Dinamo. Oh. They they are looking very very good. And I was actually told uh, by uh, a friend of mine from Ireland, Evan. He said that Dinamo could be going for the title. Well, I actually do think they. And I said at the beginning of the season, I think they are the best chance of of challenging Zanit. They've just got options all over the place. Vyacheslav Grudov. Is, is on fire and yet he's he's keeping out Chukavin out of the side at times 
Um, Chikavin still got involved. Simansky is un- having a season of his life. Zakharian's the star, the darling of Russian football. They, they, if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot so often, they would be top of the table by now. But only four points off, halfway stage, that's looking good for them. Okay, very, very quickly looking ahead to next week, um, decent round of games, and it's not getting any easier for Siska, of course. Uh, all games on Sunday and Monday. Um, Dinamo away to Rubin. Rubin are on the up at the moment. Uh, this could be a banana skin mm-hmm. potentially for, for Dinamo. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rubin got a, a cracking result uh, before, just before we came on air um, to beat Sochi. It was quite a good game, actually. Two red cards, um, good comeback. Anders Dreyer again scored. He's looking dangerous. So Dinamo have got to be careful. I okay. think a point is actually not the worst result there. Okay, fair enough. Siska, uh, Zenit, that's Zenit all the way. There's no chance for Siska. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to be, you know, Patriotic to Moscow, given our radio station, but unfortunately, I think it's just far, far too good. Far yeah. too good. So, the, the, of course, the Rubin uh, Dino games on four thirty Moscow time on Sunday, and the other one is on eight o'clock on Sunday. That's this cast, um, this cast and, eat. and of course, Spartak away to Ufa on Monday five o'clock. Um, they should be picking up something out of that, but then again, it's Spartak, and you never know. So, what would you reckon best, <laughs> res- best result for Spartak? I, 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 this is going to sound awful it's a measure of how far they've fallen but a point wouldn't be the worst result Ufa are, are slowly but surely getting back into some form uh, Aguilar scoring twice again top scoring in the league they're facing Spartak can't really score regularly so a point wouldn't be the worst result OK uh, Loco away then to Arsenal Tula uh, that is also on Monday but at 7 o'clock that's, that's, a, that's three points for Loco unless they completely mess it up well, I, I, I wouldn't be so sure. I mean, Arsenal have a very, very good home record. They're terrible away from him, but actually pretty solid um, at home. Locos should be looking to win that one. Um, but I think a draw would be disappointing, but there are worse points um, uh, to pick up. I think uh, yeah, they should be able to beat them. Arsenal, okay. you know, confidence is low after that hammering. Okay, straight into uh, Eastle Cody Eastle, uh, who unfortunately won't be staying with us for the, the uh, quiz. We're going to miss her dulcet tones later on. Um, that was a good performance from Spurs today. Uh, they huffed and puffed a few times, uh, went a goal behind, but came back and won 2 1. Is that a sign of uh, things to come for Antonio Conte and Spurs? The big positive I'm going to take from it is that if this had been a few weeks ago and they'd gone a goal down, their heads would have dropped and that would have probably ended up in 2 or 3 nil down by the end of it. Um, Leeds were comprehensively the better team in the first half and I think we were we were a good team in the second half but I still worry about the fact that they started as poorly as they did and I think that's going to take time but look a win is a win we'll take it and we'll celebrate it like it's you know winning the cup exactly I mean I, I'm looking at the table I mean and you look and say oh, look Arsenal especially after yesterday they were they started a day at like zero like you know goal difference yeah. they're now minus four Spurs are minus six um, but do you think that maybe you know we should all be like banning ketchup and mayonnaise <laughs> I look I think bit by bit there's there's very little between the teams who aren't in first and second basically Let's face it, the, the three that are out in front are so much further ahead of the rest of us that it's a battle for just respect among the losers at this stage. Um, and look, whatever Conte can do, we'll be happy to take anything that isn't consistently losing. That's my view. <laughs> but that is good. OK, of course, we're looking at the other games. Um, you know, Man City winning with us, not surprised. 3-0 against... Um, 
Uh, Everton. It was also three 0 for Chelsea away to Leicester City. That, that basically mm-hmm. that, that that could okay. Brendan Rodgers is not going to move to Manchester United on a short term basis until the summer. That is for sure. Uh, a lot of high scores yesterday. Burnley three three with Crystal Palace. Newcastle three three with Brentford. Um, Watford 4-1 against Manchester United we'll speak about that a little bit later West Ham losing, losing to Wolves that was an embarrassment because we mentioned Liverpool against um, mm. Arsenal 4-0 um, I mean are, are we seeing as you said like the, the top three teams now are starting to stretch their legs you know Chelsea Man City Liverpool this is kind of like you know the moving day in golf events this is like the you know it the third quarter is. I think the interesting thing is there was a comment made today during Sky Sports um, analysis of the Ole situation where they basically said Jamie um, Redknapp who isn't normally profound said that with Klopp players will move through mountains for him they'll run through brick walls and it felt like that yesterday watching Arsenal uh, Arsenal as a team who last year really didn't show the ability that they have and it felt like that again yesterday because you suddenly go Klopp is such a better manager and like Arsenal were only behind them yesterday, but they looked worlds apart in yeah. terms of, like, the table position isn't reflective of the drop between three and four in reality. No, that's... Look, this, you're, you're, you're dead on with that because that's, a, that's exactly what we see. It's like, there's not a huge amount of difference and, and, like, West Ham have been beating teams above them, but, you know, then it's the consistency of beating the teams below them as well. Like, okay, Wolves, Wolves are okay. Wolves are not a bad team. Like, they're up at the six at the moment. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, it, it's going to be difficult. Okay, we we don't have a whole lot of time, so I want to have a quick look ahead to next week's games. Um, okay, Arsenal, Newcastle United, we'll, we'll leave that on one side. Liverpool, Southampton, should be you know, Liverpool winning that one. On Sunday, there's a couple of interesting ones because, first of all, Man City play West Ham United. That is at 5 o'clock Moscow time. And then, two and a half hours later, at 7.30, yeah, I can do my sums, Chelsea playing Manchester United. Um, Eastold, Manchester City, West Ham United, no matter how good West Ham have been playing, City should be winning that at least by a goal or two. They should be, but I, that doesn't mean West Ham are the kind of team who put their heads down and give up. So I think they'll, they'll give a spirited performance. But yeah, I see a City win. That's only going one way for me. OK. Um, Andrew Flint, Chelsea against Man United. Um <laughs> it could be a spanking for Michael Carrick back at uh, his old club. Oh God, we have to talk about this. I suppose we do. Yes. Um, this really, in th- <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, this is my this is my time to earn my my fandom. No, I, honestly, this should be the biggest spanking of all time. But in a weird way, that honestly is um, that that's when United normally grind out a boring one or two nil defeat I don't think Tuchel will need to do much um, so the players may post a bit and possibly we might get a chance but really we should be losing three four five nil the way we are at the moment okay all right we're going to move uh, straight away um, Peter P is on the line with us um, there was a bit of a showdown um, this we've got two topics to bring up right for the end of, of uh, this segment the uh, an interesting one where um, Enes Kantar, the uh, Turkish guy who's very, very much to the forefront of you know, social justice and actually talking about a lot of things, he's had a showdown with LeBron James. They've, they've uh, sparred with each other. Uh, Peter P, quickly tell us what's the story between those two big men. All right, so basically, uh, of course, Enes Kantar the, of Boston Celtics, a man with a mission to bring down the Chinese government, or, or so it seems. Uh, of course, uh, 
many has have fallen victim to his rants about about Chinese like unfair uh, labor laws or so he says uh, of course the latest victim is uh, none other than LeBron James he called him out on Twitter saying that oh uh, despite him being pro uh, social justice he supports uh, the Chinese labor laws because he has a, a Nike deal uh, I believe uh, like a, a Nike deal for like a long period of time, for like uh, for like a, a life a life deal type, type situation, and LeBron of course uh, bounced back by just shrugging him off, saying, "Oh, he just wants to uh, get attention and uh, whatnot." And basically, that was the end of it, kind of. Yeah. So it was a strange, strange one. Like I mean, for me, it was very, very odd because, of course, in his counter, he he designed his own sneakers to play against LeBron. Uh, making fun of LeBron and sneakers. Just Google it, folks. It's really, really pathetic. These big, big men, but very little brains. Um, very, very quickly as well, um, Andrew Flint, you had a look at Mark Cavendish. Uh, he has a biography coming out, and a, and a journalist who really we would expect better from Jonathan Yu. Basically, yeah. uh, let's just say he, he performed um, a job that usually we would expect <laughs> on the set of an adult movie. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, we we know about the deification of sports figures, and, and weirdly enough, cycling figures as well uh, in the UK. Since I would chart it back to um, uh, Bradley Wiggins, he became a popular figure, and Cavendish has battled against uh, illnesses. Um, you know, they, they, it is there. Um, but even Cavendish himself in the interview, he mentions how he felt like it was a coward's illness. He calls it. Now, I'm not saying that; those aren't my words at all. Those are his own words. Um, he was diagnosed with Epstein-Barr virus, I believe it was, um, which leaves you run down. But it was a a story about how he heroically overcame it um, without really digging much into the background and, well, let's say support network, um, uh, (laughs) supporting cast who helped him get back on his feet, on his his wheels. Um, So you're you're skeptical. I, I I think there were there were two sides to it. One side was told, um, and I don't think it was wrong. He did. He has had to battle a hell of a lot, but um, and he could have been a little bit more biting. John Fenu was a very good writer. I really enjoy his thesis. I was a bit disappointed, like you say. Um, we expect yeah. better from someone of his standing. Listen uh, very quickly, Eastold, um Just want to ask you one quick quick question before we go away. Uh, is Irish racing? going to come apart at the seams with the allegations of doping made by a a leading uh, trainer? Not only the allegations of doping, but when you have a raid on a yard and one of Ireland's premier commentators on the sport, uh, father of two champion jockeys and also a trainer in his own right, happens to be there and his son describes him as being like a witness to a crime scene when he's parked in his Jeep at the scene that they're raiding. So, you know, we're... There's big issues with Irish. There's big issues with horse racing globally. And let's hope that while it may do damage in the short term, in the long term, we can clean up this sport because animals don't make the choice to take drugs. Humans do. So we need to deal with this. Okay, Isol, thank you very very much. Isol, enjoy your evening. Thank you much for joining us. You you, you took a lot off to to try and join us this evening. So, okay, uh, hi to uh, Peter and Andrew Backworth in the uh, quiz. Andrew Backworth with Danny Armstrong and Karen Tejuani. We're going out because, of course, it is heating up. It's actually freezing outside, but it is heating up. It is hot in here. This is Nelly. Back after this with more Capital Sports. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Oh!
завершение уикенда на Capital. Join us on a journey from the beach to the dance floor. Chicane presents Sunsets. Каждое воскресенье в 11 вечера провожаем отличный уикенд. Встречаем новую неделю. Вспомни, как долго ты выбираешь фильм или сериал. Время выбирать прошло. Наступило время смотреть. Легкий поиск и продвинутая система рекомендаций. Иви быстро и точно подберут фильм, который вам точно понравится. Иви. Скорее к истории. Реклама 18+. Okay, welcome back, folks. And of course, to grow sales, brand awareness, and grab your target audience, you need a great brand ambassador. Match Business Consulting represents the brightest stars in Russian sport who will shine around the world for your business. Okay, folks, we are going to go straight on the, um, well, to, 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 to Skype, I should say, to the phone uh, to our next guest. Before we do, plus 795-1111053, you've got around 20 minutes to hashtag Go Loco into us to win two tickets to Thursday's match between Lokomotiv Moscow and Lazio of Rome. Okay, straight away we have the journalist and author of Wings of Change and he is about to have his next book published, The Glorious Reinvention, The Rebirth of Ajax Amsterdam. That's out, of course, in March 2022. This is Karen Tejani. Karen, you're very welcome back on to Capital Sports. Hi, Alan. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, listen, to be on. listen, thank you very much. Uh, I, I, I will give props to uh, Andrew Flint, of course, who, who uh, helped uh, set this all up. So thank you very much, Andrew. Okay, um, Karen, uh, very simple question. There is a lot going around. Uh, Eric Ten Hag, the very, very you know, well-respected and very good coach of Ajax Amsterdam. Of course, he's a great um, producer of young talent as well and to pushing players through. He's been at Ajax since 2017. Uh, what is the truth in the rumours of him coming to Manchester United? Um, the truth, it, it doesn't seem like he's he's going to leave mid-season. Uh, he, I just played now and they finished the game about an hour or so ago. And he had an interview where, uh, a segment with ESPN, where he specifically answered about four or five questions about uh, whether he'd go. And he was very coy about it and said that he, he's not. He's just thinking about Ajax, which is uh, typically, typically what managers say. So it doesn't seem like he's entertaining any chatter about it, but... Uh, I, I personally don't think he'll move mid-season, and, but it could be very easy to be, to be tempted by you know the riches of Manchester United. So uh, personally, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but yeah. anything will happen this game. Because it is a case of the, the, the manager. Okay, you got Michael Carrick in at the moment as an interim manager, and they want to bring in another interim manager, kind of like they would do with uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer that they want to bring him in um, until the end of this season. So basically, he'd have like you know six months. But any manager worth of salt, like Ayrton Hag, he's not going to do that, is he? He's going to say, no, give me a you know, three-and-a-half-year deal or, or good luck. Yeah, definitely. It does seem like he's a very structured man. I don't, the, the main reason I don't see why he'd move mid-season is because he wants to have that extra time before the start of the season where he gets to know his team and gets to set out what he's playing at. So he seems like a very structured person to, to you know, take the whole process right from the start rather than something that's been, uh, in a way, broken and have, fix, have him to fix that. So, yeah, you're, you're right when you say that he wouldn't want just a temporary job. Yeah, I mean, OK, he, he left, for example, he went from Utrecht to um, Ajax uh, in December, back in 2017. 
a very different situation where he's already based in in um, Dutch football. He was very experienced in Dutch football. He had already, you know, coached Go Ahead Eagles. He, of course, we, we knew he was the Bayern reserves. But this is a guy who basically, you know, knew Dutch football inside out. So it'd be a very big ask to come to England, wouldn't it? Yeah, which is why I think the the, the postseason thing is more of a uh, a normal thing for for him to move to Man United. I think that you know, right from even before he joined Ajax, he was seen as you know the crown prince of Dutch football, where he was seen as one of the more brighter managers uh, in the Dutch game, and he's proven that with both Utrecht and Ajax. So yeah, it, it seems as though he'd want to wait for the right opportunity to come around, and even if the right opportunity does come around, it it he would probably want something more clear than Manchester United because you know how United are they're very yeah. demanding yeah. of success and very eager to have immediate success and if he can't bring that then I can I can imagine that he'd understand the pressure of it yeah I mean we saw yeah, when, I mean, we saw when you, Louis van Gaal went in and I mean he was basically hunted out very very quickly um, he, he has of course already just see, signed a recent contract which will take him through to the end of the 2023 uh, in May 2023 Um Okay, so we'll 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 move on from that just quickly. So I want to ask you about your new book because um, I think I think it's going to be fascinating, uh, as good as the last red you know, the Red Bull one, um, glorious reinvention, the rebirth of Ajax Amsterdam. Can you give us a little sneaky peeky of it? Yeah, it looks at Ajax in the twenty first century. So you could essentially say after they won the Champions League in nineteen ninety five. So it looks at how they tried to modernize by moving into the Amsterdam Arena and moving into the new training ground. And how the Bosman rule or the introduction of the Bosman rule affected them and affected their whole uh, financial structure. You know, lots of people said that was the result for Ajax's downfall in the start of the 21st century. So it kind of looks at how they uh, adapted to 21st century football in terms of their place in the European game. We know how the European game is attracted by the top five leagues, the top five countries. So Ajax tried to find their way in it. And it came as a result of lots of trial and error, namely uh, Johan Cruyff's Velvet Revolution, uh, where he sort of overthrew the Ajax board and introduced a board that included former players and former Ajax legends. Um, so it looks, it covers mainly that. And in the middle of the book, it looks at their more recent times, such as the rise of Eric Ten Hag, the work of Peter Bosch and reaching the Champions League semi-final or the Europa League final. And then towards the end, it looks at how Ajax made these changes, such as implementing a new transfer policy or reinventing their academy where they focus on their youth once again. And it also looks at uh, their more... Uh, inclusive touch where they try to be more inclusive with their fans and have a closer connection and build and build a women's team from scratch so it covers basically Ajax in the 21st century good okay Karen listen thank you very much looking forward to getting my hands on that uh, in March and uh, listen thank you so much for joining us Stephen and have a great week ahead you too Alan thanks for having me on okay and okay, we're going to go now. In just a moment, we're going to cross to our Mancunian pairing, uh, Danny and I will say Andy, but I'll say Danny and Andrew. Um, folks, just a quick update again. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer fired today. Uh, we knew that the writing was on the wall. We, we, we actually said a couple of weeks ago that this is going to be very, very difficult for him to try and stay on. And we knew that the end was coming near, but uh, it came in a very, very sad circumstance. Of course, Harry Gore sent off as well. Okay, going straight over to, uh, well, to two men in Moscow. Um, welcome back on, Andrew Flint, and welcome back on as well, uh, Danny Armstrong. Danny, um, congratulations, by the way, on your uh, promotion from uh, behind the computer now to in front of the camera. You're now uh, Russia Today's correspondent. 
Yes, yes, thank you all. You'll be seeing a lot more of my nose on uh, RT screens in the future. I'm, uh, <laughs> sorry to have to tell you, but yeah, I'm very much in front of the screen now. Uh, thanks very much. Thanks very much. I always appreciate that, Alan. Oh, this is well worth it. Well worth. Like we spoke with this a long, long time ago. I said you need to get in, you know, get your your face out there a lot more, and uh, I'm glad it's, it's finally happened. Took a few years. Took four years, Danny. Took four years. <laughs> It did, it did. Um, I think I, I got a bit jealous of seeing you uh, constantly on there. <laughs> yeah, if, on, I get, <laughs> if I can get on there, anyone can get on. That's it, that is a fact. <laughs> okay, um, boys, I want to start you with you, Andrew, just to bring back in. Okay, we, we, we just, of course, spoke with Karen. Um, okay, Errington Hag not coming in. It is a strange situation. They're going to bring in a you know interim coach on top of the interim coach um, <laughs> and then appoint someone next summer. First of all, is that a good idea? And who would you like to see coming in if it is going to be interim and then long-term? Who are your two choices? Well, I mean, um, is it the right idea to bring an interim coach in? At this stage, it probably is the only option they've got because they just divvied and dallied and clearly haven't done any research whatsoever to plan ahead for this, which is something that we, the whole world could see was coming at some point or another. Um, and that's the main problem. I, I probably, you know what, I actually don't think I would want to bring someone else in. I honestly would just say at this point, the season's gone, the season's lost. Um, I, let Carrick just carry on. I, I don't see the point of bringing in an interim. I would plan ahead and get a proper candidate in for next summer, if that's the earliest we can get someone in, or if we can get someone in winter, fine. Um, I mean, Brendan Rodgers is a name I, I wouldn't be against. I don't know if it would work or not, but I think he would have the character to cope um, and I, I've heard Zidane's name knocked about. I don't know if his style would necessarily suit us, but he certainly would be respected. So those are two names that I've thought of, but personally, I wouldn't bring someone in unless it is long, long term. Okay, uh, Danny, what do you reckon? Where, where are you standing on this? Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. I mean, we're bringing in uh, Michael Carrick and then we're bringing in an interim manager. We're, we're 12 games into the Premier League season, 12 games in. We're only in November. We're only really in one competition. We're in the FA Cup. We're out of the League Cup. We're not going to win the league, of course. We've already lost five games, won five, drawn two. It's not good enough. We're not going to win the Champions League, of course. But the only real chance we've got of silverway is, is the FA Cup. I mean, uh, it's, it's a strange thing who, who's going to get in, who they're going to get in for an interim manager. If it was somebody like Gus Hiddink, I think didn't Chelsea get Gus Hiddink in every, every other season. <laughs> when, they, when they needed an interim manager and he ended up winning the FA Cup every time. Was well, not every time, but I mean, it's going to be, have to be somebody really obscure, somebody who's been waiting in, I don't know, is Sam Allardyce free at the minute? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Danny, don't say it. Don't say the words out loud. That makes it impossible. He's, he's, he's a good friend. He's, good, he's a good friend of Ferguson's. I don't see, I don't see why it should be beyond the realms of possibility. What about Ferguson himself? No, he's, he's, you've, got to, you've got to factor in the man's health as well. Um, I think... Is he 80 or 81 at the, the end of next month? It's, 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 a, it's a massive, massive ask for. To, for. For even to ask for him to be that involved in the club is a big, big, uh, a big, big ask. But it's, it's a strange one. Like, it's going to. I think it's just going to be somebody really, really obscure. But hopefully, it's not going to be Michael Carrick for much longer. As much as I love Michael Carrick, I thought he was really underrated as a player. Uh, I, think, I think he can only do good things as a coach at the club. We don't need another Solskjaer. We don't need another run of three, four, five decent results and then he gets the job full-time, which I hope doesn't happen. Well, this is, that's what happened the last time and that's what kind of concerned a lot of people was that are we going to have more of the same? Um, just, Danny, same with you on that. Like, how 
bad is it at the moment in United? Because I mean, looking like when when Claire Gianneri, who I really do not like as a, as a coach or as even as a person, he's he's just he's not a, a nice person. Um, when he goes out and beats you four uh, one, that just for me is the pits with with Watford as well, who I think are an absolute terrible team. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's it's bad. It's 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 one of those things where I think after the the, the Leicester result, I mean, even before this this bad run. We, we were really, really lucky, really, really lucky against Villarreal. I think it was a last-minute winner from Ronaldo keeping us in the game. Everton had a goal ruled offside. If the kid himself, I think it was Tom Davis. if he took it himself, he probably scores. As that's another 2-1 defeat at home. We lost to Aston Villa, then we lost. We didn't lose, we got battered at uh, Leicester. And that was the first team that was in and around uh, the places that we were, the, the, the place in the table that we were going to be, hopefully, uh, battling for. They beat us 4-2. And then after that, it was I think it was five games, a run of five games where you thought he can't lose, he can't afford to lose any one of these in his next five. And he's already lost three. We've already lost to Liverpool. We've already lost to City. We've already lost to, to Watford. And they're not just losses; they're bad, bad results. And the result of that is that a lot of Reds who were behind Oli, and a lot of Reds who were very optimistic, a lot of Reds that I respect, started to lose faith, and they started to think, look, he's. He's, something's got to give and he's got to go it has got really bad fortunately it's not as bad as not as toxic as a, a few years ago I think uh, Solskjaer his, his massive massive plus was he brought back that positivity to the club um, but I think I think this season was just a, just a step too far and obviously if we're, if we're 12 games in and, and this has happened then, then it just proves it doesn't it yeah it's very very true I mean Andrew um, there was a moment when he uh, it, it just looked like that moment when uh, Ralph Wiggum's heart broke when Lisa basically said to him that uh, she doesn't love him that moment when you know they replayed the video of like this is the moment when he basically is told by Harry Maguire that Harry Maguire basically kind of rubbished him and you could see the look in the man's face was absolute distress. And that just looked awful. Yeah, I mean, basically, Sasha runs off emotion um, with zero tactical ability. Um, and when the emotion starts getting undermined, it's just it's a losing battle from there on in. I, I agree with what Danny says entirely about he, he did a job um, to remove the toxicity we needed. Solskjaer for a short period um, it, it was never it was never never going to last and when you've got the likes of Harry Maguire who I mean that man should just be ashamed of himself he is supposed to be the leader of a club and he cups his ears by scoring against Albania as if that's got any relevance to the sheer lack of leadership the man is showing um, I just I don't know there's, there's so many problems I don't even know where to start but I, I, Solskjaer remains a legend of a club and he should be remembered as such because mm -hmm. it's not his fault that he well okay possibly you could argue he could have walked but um, he had he has done a job um, as manager but that job finished a long long time ago and everybody knew it and it's taken far too long to sort out and the emotional side of it is a hard one to see but it had to happen Okay guys just before we go because we're going to the uh, break right now um, just the two like relevant European matches this week uh, Spart against Napoli 6.30 on Wednesday Danny what do you reckon are Spartak good enough to get a point out of that because they've been they've been hot and cold in Europe but this this could be a chance for them to get at least a point from this game Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, Russia, the Russian clubs in Europe is always a bit of a mixed bag, isn't it? I mean, they, they always seem to say, it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> and they'd be serial killers. They'd be serial killers, wouldn't they? If they, <laughs> if they was, if they was a, you know, a person. 
Um, I hope so. They did decent against Napoli in a way, like so. I think um, I think they've got every chance. But so long as we we at least have one Russian club in Europe going into the break, that'd do me. Okay, uh, Andrew Loco and Lazio. Uh, Loco rested a lot of their players, like you know, Smolov and so on. So, would you expect them to maybe get a point? Um, I think actually. They, they might do. Um, they, they've not been definitely inspiring so far. Um, this is their last chance, obviously, um, to get out of it. But that's that's the nature of it. They beat Lazio. If they get if they get that win, that's them level on points to them. So that would pretty much guarantee them spring football. In, I reckon. Um, I reckon. I reckon they might get a point. They'll they'll dig out. Um, Lazio won't like coming here. So um, yeah, I think there's a chance. Okay. Cool. Listen, uh, Danny, would you like to stay on for the big five filthy quiz? The what? The, 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 the what? quiz. Sorry, In the next segment, we have we have the big fat filthy quiz. Would you like to stay on as our guest? Go on then, go on. Lovely. Great, right, we're going to come back in a moment with the Big Five Filthy Quiz. Lovely, lovely, lovely. That's true Mancunian style. Okay, folks, uh, remember that uh, that segment was brought to you by Match Business Consulting, representing the brightest stars in Russian sport. Find your ideal brand ambassador on match-business.com. Okay, so we're going to get one that is going to get everybody warmed up this Sunday night. This is Rihanna and Pon the Replay. Back with the Big Fat Filthy Quiz.
Финишное завершение уикенда на Capital. Каждое воскресенье в 11 вечера провожаем отличный уикенд. Встречаем новую неделю. Welcome back, folks. You have about you got we're extended by a minute and a half uh, for plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three hashtag go loco to win a pair of tickets to Thursday evening's game out at the uh, Erzade Arena between Lokomotiv Moscow and Lazio Rome. Okay, uh, before we so we're going to close the next course at the end of the show, but we are going to go straight into the big five fifty quiz, and we're delighted to say that uh, Double N, you're there with us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Andrew Flint, you're still there? Wouldn't go anywhere after the world. Lovely. Peter P, you're there with us? Glad to be back. Good stuff. And, of course, Danny Armstrong is still there. Or back with us, I'm I'm say. Lovely. Okay. So, the first one that you... I know that, uh, Danny, I'm gonna, you're going to go last in this because I want to... You can, you can basically laugh at the others and then they can all turn around and laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> or, or basically, you can just show them all up at the very end. Okay. So, the first one, of course, right. you have to recognize the voice. Okay? You have to recognize the voice. Uh, the first one, of course, is for double N. Okay? So, double N. Uh, I hope you'll get this. You actually know who this voice is. Okay? I promise you this. You know who it is. All right? I'm not joking on this one. You genuinely do. Okay? Okay, so are you ready? Yep. Okay, so that is good. So there's a man's voice in this as well, but I only need the lady's voice, okay? The woman's voice. So be ready okay. for, for this right now. So here we go, okay? So it's uh, lining up. Uh, sorry, don't worry about the musical uh, intercept. The musical kind of interlude for this. So here we go. I'm trying to get this. This thing is just... I'm not good at technology today, okay? Seriously, it's, it is killing me right now. So here we go, double N. Uh, it's coming up to you right now. Can you hear it okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so here we go. Wow. Good to be back. Oh, it's great to have you back. And Thank I mean, you. I, and I mean this seriously, wow. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, let me put it another way. Oh, my God. What is that supposed to mean? You're just, you're just a, a, a uh, I mean, seriously. <laughs> okay, so... He is just seriously, or she is just seriously. Who is it? Tell me the sport first, guess the sport, and, I'll, and tell me the person. Um, I'll go with tennis. Very good. Five points. And the person, the player? Um, Maria Sharapa. <laughs> Ten points. Well done, Double N. Yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> my God, that was just, that was arson after being beaten 4-0 yesterday. That's your, <laughs> that's your mood right now. Okay. Andrew Flint, you will know who this one is. I'm... I promise you that, okay? I promise you you know who this is. All right, so here we go. Uh, I'll, I'll, this is actually, it is quite funny. Um, it, it's all talk about working out, okay? So, uh, and you're going to like it because he actually comes across very, very well in this interview. So here we go. You can't be big and bulky. If you have your weight, you know, if I was super muscly up here, my weight would be too high. So, squats from the butt. Okay, so who has to work out squats with his butt? <laughs> That's what he said he had to do. That's what he said he had to do. Squats with his butt. So, sport first, and then the person. Um, well, if this was junior cricket about 15, 20 years ago, I'd say Andy Mack. But um, no, I'm going to go with 
I can hear you. Boxing? No, it's motorsports. Oh, wait, is this um, Martina Rossi? No, it's Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton, Jesus, oh. Andrew. <laughs> All right, next up, Peter P. Peter P. This is for you. Uh, I think I think you'll know who this is. Okay, I think you will know who this is. All right. Um, so here we go. I'm just trying to set it up because this is this is a, this is a very very funny one to try and do, uh, but you will like it. Okay, it is it's a nice one. So here we go. Uh, just here it is. Here we go. I like his game, but this game likes supporters. But of course, it's not good for the team because and Liverpool wanted to win. We okay, so I gave, I played one second too long. So the sport, Peter P. Uh, a soccer. Yeah, five points. Who is the person? Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody like Slavic. <laughs> Slavic, uh, well, <laughs> go on. Uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give up my points. I'll just say, I'll just say Cristiano Ronaldo. Screw well, God, my G, it's Andre Arshavin. Andre Arshavin. Oh, damn. Yeah, there you go. His name slipped my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry for all, all everybody that's rooting for me. Just today's not my day. Today's not my it's day. okay. You did okay. You did okay. Uh, okay, so this now is for Danny Armstrong. Uh, I think I think Danny, you should get this one. Okay, you should get this one. Okay. All right. See. It's gonna be a tough one, but you you will know. You will know who it is. So uh, here we I'll go. It is, it's an interesting interview. Um, and it is well, you know the, the nationality of the person anyway. So. Uh, just trying to pause this girl before she keeps she's talking ahead of me. Uh, <laughs> so there we go. So she's talking over my head. She's not that tall, but she's talking over my head. Okay, here we go. Drop and to get going, um, but you know, I suppose patience has been a, been a thing. Has been something that has helped me there. Um, you know, I went to college when I finished school, and okay, so it's not boxing, Danny. I'll give you that hint. Because he's thinking, not. no, no, no. no. You want to think, oh, maybe it's Katie Taylor. No, it's not Katie Taylor. So it's not boxing. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say it's Katie. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. No, she, no, no. Because, yeah. Okay, go on. Well, who do you reckon? Or what's the sport? First of all, sport. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, so it's not boxing. Um, oh. Athletics? Oh, it's horse racing. Oh, it's horse racing. Yeah, so the person's a jockey. But is it is it a man or a woman? It's a woman. It's a woman. <laughs> we had this I last gonna, week. I was going to say, is it AP McCoy? <laughs> no, it's Rachel Blackmore, the champion jockey. <laughs> I got a clue who she is. If she, if she kicked me in the head, I would have no idea. She got her horse to kick you in the head, Danny. That's it. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. Uh, Nazar. Nazar, this is for you. Double M. Um, you're in the lead on 10 points. So, uh, the missing word. Gunners what by Liverpool? Gunners, of course, I said. <laughs> <Arsenal>. oh. <laughs> uh, you're doing that to me. <laughs> uh, look, it's the first question. I'll, I'll send you the. Oh, okay. I'll send you the photo of it. This is the first question I have. I'm going by order. I mean, um, we, we were not defeated by West Ham, but I, I would use hammer. <laughs> oh, 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 that's very good. No, it's like the Gunners run stopped by Liverpool. So I'll I'll give you two points. I'll give you two points. It was, it was quite fun. Okay, uh, <laughs> Andrew. I'm really sorry about this. Harry Maguire. No, seriously. Harry Maguire is a what? <laughs> oh, can I answer? <laughs> you, you, you can throw in your, your, your two cents worth afterwards. Go on, <laughs> Andrew Flint. Harry Maguire is a what? <laughs> a slab of concrete. 
<laughs> I'll give you three points. Uh, Danny, what, what did you want to put in? I wanted to um, I was going to say is a... <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, is, is a, is a top-class player. That's actually what... Oh. <laughs> that's what Oli Gunnar Solskjaer said after the match. He said that. No, no, he said that. He was a top-class player. So, there you go. Uh, okay, uh, Peter P., this is for you, okay? <laughs> Ennis Kantar, what LeBron James for relationship with what? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he... For, for, uh, so, my, my... Okay. Relationship with... Uh, I don't know. And uh, what did like, he do? What did he do to LeBron James? Oh, he humiliated, slammed the man. Yeah. Well, I'll give you. I'll Destroyed give you two points. Rips him. Rips him. Yeah. Go on. Go away. For his relationship with what? Yeah, with uh, the game. I don't know. <laughs> the, the 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 glorious sport of basketball. Uh, I'll give you one point for it because it's not glorious anymore. But okay, Cordelardis, um, no, it's definitely not glorious. All right, I'll give you three points. It's he rips LeBron James for a relationship with Nike slash China. Okay, uh, Danny, this is the last one. Is for you. Okay, um, not Harry McGuire. Uh, this is a this is a, a tough one. Okay, this is a very very tough one. Um, United must what? Fold the club and just have it over with and put us all out of our misery. Is that, is that it? Very close. It must ring change. United should. United should. Should is that what you said? United should. Yeah. Must. 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 Well, should. Yeah. Must. 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 Is it Sack Solskjaer? Is it? Is it? Is it, is it no. No. This, this is that. This is that. Yeah. This is after. Oh, after. Yeah. Uh, must. Must. Um, I don't know. Appoint Zidane. No, no, it's actually, well, it could be. Must ring changes as team divide of fight. There you go. <laughs> it was a very, <laughs> it was, a, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it four points for that because it was quite good. Next round, of course, uh, has 10 points, actually, it's 15 points gone for it, excuse me. So it, everyone can still win because uh, Double N is on 12, uh, Andrew Flint is on 3, uh, Peter P is on 8, and Daniel Armstrong is on 4. So here we go. This is the odd one out. So you have to give me the, which is the odd one out and give me the reason as well, okay? So first one for you, Double N, okay? Ryan Giggs. Right. Lal Hilditch and Michael Carrick. Who's the odd one out and why? Quickly. The second one. Lal, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, it's actually Michael Carrick. Why is he the uh, odd one out? Um, it's something. Um, uh, I have no idea. Okay. Ooh, well, you're, you're going to finish up on 12. Hopefully, that might be enough to win. It's because the other two were actually player managers, interim player managers. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. In, in uh, history of United. Okay. Uh, Andrew, this is all about United managers. Okay, down through the ages. Andrew Flint, this one is for you. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Matt Busby, Jose Mourinho, Alex Ferguson. Who's the odd one out? Uh, well, Mourinho. No, it's actually Matt Busby. Why is he the odd one out? Uh, because he's the only one who plays for those dirty scouts down the road. <laughs> no, he's the only one actually to manage Manchester United twice. There you go, he managed them twice. So, mm. yeah, so that's that. I'm, I'm giving you all the knowledge today. Okay, next up, of course, is Peter P. Peter P, here we go, okay? Uh, you'll like this one, okay? Um, <laughs> Scott Duncan, 
Walter Crickmer or John Chapman? Who's the odd one out? Scott Duncan. No, it is. You're very quick in that. Walter Crickmer. Why? Why is Walter Crickmer the odd one out? I don't know. Weird last name. <laughs> no, it's because the other two were Scots. He was English. There you go. So, all right, yeah. you're finishing. You're up in second place, Danny K. So this could be. This is then for Dan- nice. Danny. can win everything with this. Danny can win everything with this. Okay. So Danny, for you. Okay. Can Matt Busby, tough. Ollie Gunnar Solcher, or Ernest. Uh, Maynell Danny? Yes, yes. I'm yeah. Yeah. So, the, who's the odd one out? Matt Busby, Ollie Gunnar Solcher, or Ernest Maynell? Um, or Magno, sorry. Magno. Ernest Magno. Yeah. I'm going to go with. Um, uh, listen, the only thing that's popping into my mind now is uh, Ollie Gunnar Solcher because he never won a trophy for United. Oh, listen! I'm going to give you. Listen, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you five points for that. Okay, five points for that. And the reason why he's up now is because he actually has the best record of all of them. He, his win percentage is fifty-four point one seven. Uh, Matt Busby was fifty point four five and fifty-two point three eight in his two uh, periods, mm-hmm. and uh, Michael had fifty-four point one six. There you go. So the winner tonight. In first place, double N, double N. Congratulations on 12 points to the winner. Danny Armstrong, a very strong silver medal. And Peter P <laughs> in third on eight. And Andrew Flint <laughs> coming up on the dead rear. Last. Dead last with three points. Okay, guys, thank you very, very much. And um, well, we say glory, glory, Man United. Hopefully they will get somebody good in who's going to bring back the glory days. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> okay, thank you guys, and we'll talk to you uh, guys next week. Okay, folks, we are going to go off the air. We've got a couple of minutes to spare. Usually we're running out of time, but I hope you all enjoyed the show. The winner tonight is Lilia. Lilia has won the tickets. She's won uh, two tickets because we had quite a, a, a lot of people messaging in, so thank you very much for everyone who took part. Um, everyone made it on time, even the... Uh, or, as, or as you did make it on time, but unfortunately... You were not uh, picked out. You get it too. There's a lot of people who I can see here on the screen. They're a little bit disappointed. So, folks, we are going to go out right now because this is a song that is going to start off our week good. Because remember, if you're not sure, if you're afraid to make a mistake, you say, don't make a difference. Just admit it and say, I just want to shine. And this is when we're standing on a beautiful balcony, looking over the sea, or looking over the mountains, or the beautiful green meadows of Ireland. And you have a beer, you have a cup of tea in your hand, and you're listening to fits and tantrums as the sun is going down. Remember, We'll be back next week with more Capital Sports with me, Alan Moore, here on Moscow's Capital FM. So, until then, enjoy Fits and Tantrums. I just want to shine. Back next Sunday. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Good night, stress. See you in the morning. Ooh, I don't gotta guess. You're always there for me. So I never see to doubt. I think you like seeing me freak out. Stay out of my head cause it's dangerous And I don't wanna lose my mind, no 